Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If Sam's getting off the leash, then Alicia's getting off the leash. Lucy will get off the leash. Felicity will get off the leash. Nicole will get off the leash. And Emma Race will get off the leash. Time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. Bounce on its point. Wow. The fakes, the gods are with the gods. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for another week. <laughs> we're off leash and we've taken off the muzzles. I think we're ready to talk. How are you, Felicity? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. Lucy, how are you? Well as anything. <laughs> Does that mean you're more well than Felicity? You're more being competitive? Well. Yeah. Well, how well. are you, Alicia? More pumped than Lucy. <laughs> and Nicole, how are I'm you? awesome. Thank you. Uh, you're more here than Kate. Kate I is totally away am. today. She's lawyering in India for multicultural rounds. So oh. she says. Mm-hmm. She packed her decra and off she went. Does anyone know what a decra is if you're playing along at home? Isn't it a card game? That's what I always thought. She <laughs> talks about decra all the time. It's quite fancy if you're an intellectual like she is. <laughs> Have I mentioned she's got a book on endometriosis? I know. <laughs> it's a real page turner. <laughs> a stocking filler. Barn one, burner. One for Father's Day. Can't believe I opened with that. It's been a huge <laughs> week in uh, football news and there's been a lot of ins and outs, which we'll get to, but in honour of Kate and the stupidity that is the outer sanctum, it's time for Omen Watch this week with Lucy Race. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> we now have a little opening. Yay. So... The thing that's great about Omen Watch is that we don't have to come up with it ourselves anymore because people just keep sending us stuff. So thank you, Jake Smith on Facebook, Mm -hmm. who sent this one. Um, Last week when the Bulldogs beat the Suns by 54 points, Liam Picken had a day out and kicked six goals. And there's a guy on Twitter called Sir Swamp Thing who unearthed (laughs) this little stat that after that game, Liam and his father, Bill Picken, have identical top 10 goal hauls. No. Oh, my God. Yep. That's so basically bizarre. if you go look at both of their top 10 goal hauls, it goes 6, 3, 3, 3, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2. Bingo. Bingo. <gasps> identical. That is amazing. What is even more magical about this, though, is if you add up all of those goals, right, Oh, God. Now it's no. the maths, not the maths. You get to 27. <gasps> 27 is a really amazing number. Yes, it's 27th today. We're recording this on the 27th of the 7th, 17. Oh, my God. You just freaked me out. Mm. Oh, my God. This is so bizarre. Hear that? <laughs> so I've got a good news story and I've got a bad news story about 27. What do you okay. want to go with first? Bad. Okay, bad. I like to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to go with good. <laughs> Okay, so on the positive side of the ledger, in numerology, 27 is kind-hearted. It is tolerant. 
It's intelligent. It's a number. How can it be these because things? Just, it is. They can sit down and be tucked in bed at night. <laughs> it is a team worker and it is wanting to see humanity better off than it is. So I say 27 is the outer sanctum. Oh, oh nice. That's nice. On the flip side, <laughs> when <laughs> some people think that dark matter is thought to make up 27% of the universe. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, we get, we've got our all, quantum physicist here. But is that <laughs> necessarily a negative thing? Dark matter is awesome. They haven't oh. discovered exactly what it is, but it, it, it seems that it sticks things together, whereas dark energy pulls things apart. It needs to, oh. a better name, though, because it does sound dark. It needs a, P, dark. It needs a PR yeah. agent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway... That's fascinating. Fascinating. Dark matter or the outer sanctum, they're your choices, ladies. Without moving on too quickly from the number 27, which I do attribute (laughs) to... Ellie DeWald? No. (laughs) I attribute 27 to being... I'm about to out myself on something here. 27 was the number that I kept going back to when I won the price is right when I was 19 years old. Wait, you know what? We should tweet that link of Emma winning the showcase. That was a highlight in your life, wasn't it? It was a highlight of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Emma. A car, two holidays, some rollerblades. It Doesn't wasn't get a highlight of mine because I got docked half a day's pay. That's correct. But I used 27 was the number I kept going back to and that's when I won it. Also today is the 27th of the 7th and something very special is happening today which I will talk about in a minute. But, Alicia, we had someone tweet us about your molecules or particles, and I don't understand. Atomic numbers. Thank you. (laughs) Atomic numbers coming together. Yeah. I mean, I love that people are out there looking at the periodic table and and tweeting us. But there are 27 tiles on a Rubik's Cube, so... That's, oh, that's got to be good, that's right? Awesome. There's something in that. Um, Can I add a little addendum to yes. Omen Watch, which is its little subsection commentary watch? Did anyone hear Brian Lake before the game the other day, Hawthorne game, when um, Connor Glass was running out and he said, the first gamer is playing his first game? <laughs> <laughs> I love those lines. Good on you, Brian. Good on you, Brian. In also, case anyone was confused. In from um, Bern McCartney, who's a huge long-time listener, long-time tweeter, long-time supporter of the Outer Sanctum, sponsors it f- us for all our MS readathons and, you know, runs and things that we do. She said that this week the top eight teams play the bottom eight teams. Whoa. That's not a really omen watch, but that's something interesting. Mm. I'm sure Kate would extrapolate it's that. It's symmetry into- watch. There and you eight, you yeah. know, is infinity and all those, it's good luck, etc. Mm. So there's that. It's interesting. Okay, let's get to Collingwood Watch with Alicia sometimes. There's been some ins and outs this week at Collingwood, which I think will roll in nicely to footy show watch. <laughs> but you go first. <laughs> well, Collingwood had a bit of a comeback. They were 93 to 85, uh, winning over West Coast. And what a, like, a last quarter that was. It was just pretty incredible. But, of course, this week, Gary Pert um, uh, became clear that it was untenable him being at the Magpies. And Peter Murphy came in to sort of have a look around, which was ominous anyway, that he was going to go. So under the Pert regime, though, the Magpies, he, he was in 10 years, right? And um, they won a flag. They expanded, renovated and so forth. But he's gone. What does that mean? I think it means that Eddie Maguire can't go s- 
it sort of almost secures his place for a little while. Mm. Does it mean that Nathan Buckley's safe? I don't know. But it certainly means the three of them can't go in one year. So it's sort of it's it's a bit of a spin, I reckon. Is it a spin or a sacrificial lamb? Sacrificial lamb is one way of putting it. Was that interesting timing? Like after a big win, I didn't think that's the time that you Unless Purdy's going to take his knee rug to, AFL, to the house. AFL house. His mm. knee rug. I love his knee I rug. Do you remember the Purdy knee rug story knee rug. when, yeah. when yeah, he was filmed with a rug over his knee and had a, a member write in and say that's just the kind of soft attitude that's ruining our club from the top down? It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. I mean, no one wins hey, games on crocheting hey, alone. Hey. <laughs> Lay off the knee rug. Yeah, Lucy's a big knee rugger. So they're talking about possible replacements, uh, Paul LeCuria and James Clement as well. There's other names being thrown in the mix, but it just means for me that I think Eddie Maguire is safe for a while. Do you think Collingwood's ready to have a female CEO? Mm. (laughs) Are you putting your hand up? I'm just putting the question out there. You know, Hawthorne's started the... The ball rolling on that. I'm just I, wondering whether I'm not other clubs hold my would breath, be looking out. But I'm excited about the idea. But yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Mm. I'm just going to keep laughing off mic. Um, <laughs> do you think that presidents should have a like a certain a set tenure? Do you think that they should be able to stay there for you know 20, 50 years? <laughs> I think any any role that you get voted for, I think you stay in as long as you're voted in. Would be my opinion on that. Okay, Lucy, I quite like the freshen it up approach. Mm. You know, things get a bit stale. But Are you voting me out? You know, we were going to tell you at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they should get a rose. They should get a rose. It should yeah. be a bachelor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you think, Nicole Hayes? Do you know the question? <laughs> <laughs> the question was, should there be a set tenure for presidents of clubs? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, should be eight years? Yeah, I think eight or no more than ten, though, for sure. Mm, okay, that's interesting. So <laughs> this, I should listen to you guys more often. You're really smart. This, did you have something you wanted to well, add I, to I Collingwood Watch? No, no, but I was just going to say on a side note, the, the other big club announcement in, in terms of leadership mm. was that Tom Harley is going to be taking over as the Swan CEO at mm. the end of the season. So he's really, you know, since leaving football, just doesn't feel like it was all that long ago, but he's been working in administration yeah. up in um, for the Sydney Swans for quite some time. And, and I'd heard his name thrown about to go to AFL House, so I think Sydney have just moved to shore that up shore that, and yeah. make sure that... And they PR'd it as it's a succession plan. Yeah. And when I saw that up against what was happening at Collingwood, all I wanted to say was, this is how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? This is how we do it. Uh, sorry. Is that, am Are I you practising for this afternoon? Is that a song? Yeah, it's a song that you, it's from some terrible band you would never have heard of. But I was like, and that's how I don't you, think that's, that... a, that's a good way to do it, mm, you know? Yep. It's a front foot. The other thing that happened this week, interestingly enough, it also involves one Monsieur Eddie Maguire and it is at the footy show and he has gone back in time. Don't call it a comeback. He's gone. There we go. Keep singing. He's hopped in the DeLorean and he's going to host the footy show. Also, what I thought was interesting about this is Purdy and Craig Hutchison were not the two people I thought would be leaving those their posts. Mm, Yeah. But as it turns out, they are... Not required anymore. Anyone hearing the word scapegoat in their head? Kind of yeah. For both. Yeah. yeah, both, I reckon. But isn't both. it interesting that Mark Robinson on 360 called the footy show a rotting carcass? Mm. <laughs> That's kind of... Yeah, there's a certain so kind that. of irony to that. Yeah, there really what is. What did you think of Sam's little tanty? Did you know what oh. it was about? So he wanted to do a skit 
where he would dress up as a woman and the skit would be about the AFL sex scandals. Hmm. And they said no. Interestingly, the Channel 9 producers thought that wasn't a good idea and so he pouted for two and a half hours or whatever it is. So we now know the line (laughs) that you cannot cross. Yes. Yes, he can't offend AFL House. Although given that (laughs) as a consequence of him literally not doing anything on the whole show, he keeps his job and Hutchie loses it. I'm not sure that we do know that line. Well, Robinson said... Thursday night was a public assassination by Sam Newman on Craig Hutchinson, mm. a TV assassination because he drew it all to a head and they sacked him the next day. <gasps> Going back to the line, I thought it was interesting that the execs are like, blackface, fine. Mannequin, fine. Do not mock people having affairs on yeah, the footy really. show, okay? <laughs> well, in case they're all right, mates, there's, there's no picture. mocking affairs, all right? That's just ridiculous. Or wallets. And, yeah. and wallets. No mm, wallet Don't work, touch wallets. Thanks. Don't make fun Do of you them. know what it made me think? Alicia <laughs> <laughs> snorting. This, is, this was my actual reaction to Lucy about Eddie Maguire. I was like, I have never felt like Melbourne is a bigger backwater. Yeah. I have never felt more like a small, a tiny backwater provincial town where not only now do we only have white men in suits hosting footy shows, we have the exact same white man in, a, in a, <laughs> the exact same suit hosting all the footy shows. And I like, think their talent pool doesn't exist. There's no, no one else. No, no. There's, There's no don't one else. even look. There is no one pond. else that can do this. No. But isn't it interesting? I said a few months ago that a friend of mine got a survey asking about how Hutchinson's uh, his his appeal, and that should Eddie Maguire come back? Mm. Mm. That's interesting. So now we get to party like it's nineteen ninety four. Can I say this one thing about Eddie? He is one hard working mofo. He oh, is. No one doubts oh, that. Oh yeah. my god! He, he, the I mean, hours. I am so impressed with his relentless self belief. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. There's nothing that can Let's take a it. chink out. Yeah, it is amazing. Can I read a little quote from Helen Razor? Oh, please. Who wrote an article about... Do we need a language warning? No, it's quite funny. <laughs> it's quite funny. She said, um, you know, talking about whether Sam had actually been, you know, his freedom of speech had been curtailed and, you know... And she said, first, if Sam is such a redoubtable rascal, I don't see how any more Eddie or any less Eddie could serve to modify him. Surely men who speak the truth don't need the host of Hot Seat to help them do it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting. Channel 9's just not even trying. That's what it feels like. They've basically said, you know what, we've got these rusted on 180-ish thousand Melbourne fans. We don't actually care about many other people, but there are that those fringe dwellers, the MRAs and the and the like, who have felt a bit disenfranchised and now we're going to, we're going to appeal to them. That's it's really interesting that they're taking two weeks off. I mean, maybe they'll come back with a brand new show that we are so excited about watching. You know, maybe it's possible. Okay, mm. it is actually possible that they're going to. Can not you watch it? Do and the tell teams. Us? Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I really hope they don't get rid of the player review because you know players dressed up like Cher sitting on a cannon. I mean, we What's need that. We love? need that in football, right? Yeah. There was another. Ah, uh, yeah, show. Nicole. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys got a chance to catch Sideliners that aired for the first time on the ABC. I think, you know, I gave it a red hot go. I really wanted to. And there was it was fabulous seeing women talking about sport on TV. Um, Liz Cambridge. Did I say her name right? Liz Cambridge. It never sounds right when I say it. Cambridge. Cambridge. Yeah, Cambridge. Anyway, Liz <laughs> was a highlight. She was great. And she, she had some really interesting things to say and it's just really just mesmerising to watch. But I have to say there are a couple of moments that I really stumbled over. So the first one was probably the tuck shop ladies and that wasn't one of my favourite sort of moments where they just kind of, a lot of stereotypes being reinforced there. 
Um, then they did Fox Pops about naming four elite sportswomen and, and nobody could. And I just, I couldn't understand what the point of that was. I mean, I think there's mm. plenty of people out there who could, and I think that there would be more interesting conversations to have, but also maybe a critique of that afterwards would have been really useful. Um, but the one that broke me was the Warney sketch. And um, I, I don't even... It. Describe it for us. Uh, so it's basically some kids playing with their footy cards, swapping Warney's, pictures of Warney's various ex um, girlfriends or ex affairs or ex whatever. So basically, cards of women who wags and whatever um, who have been in his life. There's thousands of them. They can trade them. They're all different kinds. It's just horrific. It's really, really horrible. Um, and you know, incredibly objectifying of women and sexist and also not funny. But it's so disappointing to see that that was part of their promotion too. That they continued to promote it and. Uh, Anyway, I'm really disappointed. I feel like it's an opportunity lost. So I'm hoping that they'll pick up their game. Really. So off the back, I've taped it, haven't seen it all. Mm. But off the back, they didn't have a critique about how women are objectified. Oh, they kind of just go, oh, that's a shame. But it just it just wasn't done thoughtfully. And I feel like there's plenty of opportunities. You could have found, you know, <laughs> plenty of people who know lots of elite sports women. And I, I don't know what they were trying to say. I guess at the end of it, I did not know what they were trying to yeah. say. And I'm just not sure why you would use small children in a skit That's about offensive women having affairs with Shane yep. and it, it just looked it was, or relationships. They didn't yeah. even. They just oh, there's a brunette, and you know, it's really horrible. It does seem a shame if you're going to get a show hosted by women that you don't actually, I guess, critiques misogyny and sexism. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking, maybe they thought they were. Yeah. Maybe well, that they is thought true. They were. Maybe they really thought they Maybe. were. Yeah. Um, one thing that we saw on the screen this week during the round, Lucy, you saw Magic Door copping an absolute caning on that telephone that you yeah. so love, that analog <laughs> yeah, telephone. Yeah, no, that phone. Um, yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? And I think, you know, a lot of people have kind of talked about it and, you know, I've kind of been thinking about the art of coaching and how you do motivate people. I heard Brad Scott was you know, saying he was aiming to try and bring the aggression out in Magic because he plays much better when he's got a bit of a, a and I think Magic actually said that's what he was trying to do. Sometimes I think when you see somebody losing it like that, it says more about the person who's losing it than the person on the receiving end. But you really do, I think, run the risk of humiliating somebody. And without actually knowing what he was saying, you know, it's it's hard to extrapolate, but it, it didn't look nice. To me, it looked like Brad Scott had just lost his cool. And I think, you know, when you think about how you motivate people, you go through, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, you know, when you're trying to actually get to, you know, people at the, you know, reaching peak performance, there's a much more nuanced way of getting to it. I think when you yelling at someone, you're appealing to the basis level, which oh, is safety you, and fear. Can you function when you're angry? When I'm angry, I do that. I carried a watermelon yeah. moment. That's yeah. all I'm doing. Yeah. I freeze. I, I yeah. just go... That's but I think sports people do sometimes take it to yeah. the next level. Sure. You don't know how to tap into it, but it did seem it did pretty He said he didn't know how to tap into it, didn't he, in one of the interviews afterwards. He was saying, oh, no, it's all good. Yeah, um, but it was kind of it, it, is, it does. He thought it was fine. And, and I think maybe, you know, maybe we're talking about it because we don't see it as much anymore. Um, I we think don't you see contrast. it in other workplaces, do we? No, but you also, you contrast <laughs> Not encouraged. that. Come on, Felicity! <laughs> Pick up your game! But it, in con- it's in stark contrast to watching Leon Cameron, who got Toby Green on the phone after he had got himself you know, rubbed out from the two games after that indiscretion, which had also reversed a free kick. And Leon Cameron just looked so calm. Um, I think, 
you could critique Toby Green's reaction because he looked quite dismissive in in that moment. But I didn't like it. What I did like, though, was um, the interview with Magic Door. When he was talking about it, he said, you know, that the whole situation actually brought Simon and Garfunkel to mind. (laughs) Oh. And he said... Was it the sound of silence or the bridge over troubled water? I just looked out onto the ground and thought... Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and he said that with a laugh, and I just, it made oh, me love him, love him more. more. Oh, bless you, Have Magic. you noticed how sometimes when there's something you really want to express and you don't have the words for it, but sometimes the gif is really mm. like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you reckon coaches could start texting them down to the bench? <sighs> yeah, it's a great like idea. Just a, this Brilliant. just captures exactly what I'm feeling right now. Mm. So many broad Genius. city memes would be going. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Queen, absolutely. We could make this a lot more efficient. Yeah. Like the James Sisley moment with Taylor Duray where they really mm. faced off. I actually think um, Sis thought that he got a boot to the head. It was a ball to the head. And then he got up and he just got really, he was really um, fired up and Mm. he got really cross with Taylor. And then I saw Ruffy get him in a little headlock and like, come on, mate, you're okay. Get back to the group. And then by the end of the game, they were laughing. One redhead to another. I thought it was actually pretty extraordinary. We don't Mm. see that very often. I really can't get a read on James Sisley. I really Mm. cannot. Mm. Like I, I like some of the stuff that he does, but I can't, in terms of being a team player, I can't quite. Work yeah. him out? Are yeah. you, do you have I any I feel like great he's insight? got a bit of that forward kind of um, a little bit of that ego stuff and that uh, that he might need to work. A team like Hawthorne doesn't generally pander to that very much. Is so. that why he's playing down back all the time? I think, he's, but I think that's why he's having a little rest down back. Mm. He's doing great things there, which might not be doing him any favours if he wants to go back to kicking goals. But, um, mm. yeah. Another thing announced this week is that in the bye round, which we're going to stick with apparently, the bye round during the um, <laughs> finals. well for the Bulldogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's going to be an AFLW origin game and I just, oh, I'm licking my chops about how excited yeah, I am about this. Is that the right thing to say? It's Am I allowed so to say that? I'm so, so excited. It's not right. I if you shouldn't look say that. at that list on both teams, oh, it hello. is to dream uh, who's for. Who's who, isn't it? Well, you, start, you start at the top. You say yeah. you've got Beck Goddard coaching one yep. team and Debbie Lee on the other. Well, I mean, well, I'm a Victorian and I can't choose. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm so conflicted. It's already. actually kind of mean that they've done that because, like, I don't. And I, you know, how I feel about draws. So I don't want them both to win, but I do want them both exactly. to win. Explain well, that to me. One thing I liked about it was it shows that there's a thinking outside the box. Because every time I hear AFL X mentioned as being something that's going to happen in the preseason comp, I go, oh, I feel nervous about that because mm. I don't want anything to compete, um, compete with the AFLW. Mm. But I think what they're looking at is AFL X being instead of that pre-season comp that we've traditionally had and changed so many times. Um, what, so it would work with the games against it, uh, one after the other maybe? It's like they did with some of the JLT stuff this maybe year. Maybe a round yeah. robin even. Mm, yeah, nice. I don't know. It's on a rectangle, so maybe I don't know they where they play have it. like four games going on at the same time, like Little League. Oh, my God. Yeah, like a Royal <laughs> Park. I love that. That's exactly. Hard. But that AFLW Origin game's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. I think that's going to be super fun to be watch. Brilliant. And it's going to be an Eddie head. That's amazing, no. getting real crowds. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. There is some big news today. We go in and 
pitch today for the AFLW Tell licenses. Tell us your experience. Well, what I'm, are you doing I have this to MRA's? say, I'm so excited about this. So there's, I think there's eight teams bidding for new licenses for the AFLW and Hawthorne are one of those teams and they have asked me to go in and be part of the pitch today at AFL Get House. Out. Oh my God. Like I've had any sleep. So the thing that's so getting good. me is that I'm going in as part of a team just with some little-known AFL people such as Alistair Clarkson and Sean Burgoyne. Oh. Please, God, don't make Can me say a... Sean Burgoyne in front of him. <laughs> like, I can really struggle to get my Don't ask my him bowels. to carry your watermelon. Yeah. Can I give you a scrap of paper to get signed? <laughs> no. I'm going to pretend I'm really cool. Right. Okay. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay. I'll get, I'm going to come are out you, with tattoos. Are you going to be doing the handball? Like, is that your part of it? Because <laughs> this is how I imagine the pitch. Like, there'll be, like, the big handball wheel. <laughs> like like you know, the conti. Yeah. You've got to get it through, get no. some footy franks. It's more like a school project. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you're at uni and you have to do a group assignment, and you're like, oh, I'm with Clarko, Burgoyne, <laughs> Gaudry. Like that. You're That's kind of like that. slackers. Um, am I a bit excited? Do I feel like I'm probably the least qualified? Yes, I do. But I'm going in anyway because who says no to this opportunity? And um, I just wanted to do a massive shout out. I'm going to try not to cry here. But part of my pitch today is that I'm going to be talking about what it means to fans and what it means to women. And um, part of it, I'm going to talk about the fact that as an eight-year-old, when I realised that I couldn't play, because that wasn't a dream that we were able to really have and hold like our male counterparts, um, was that I used to write to the club and ask if I could run water because that was the only visible female roles at the club and those things have changed so much. And the mere fact that they've asked me to go in and it's because we're the number one ticket holders of the VFL women's side, but none of that happens without our listeners because I think... We created something with this outer sanctum that, to be honest, we didn't think anyone would listen and you all do listen. And so you've given us power, but you've given us a journey that I just never even imagined. And my eight-year-old self is freaking out. <laughs> She's ironing her favourite Esprit windsheet up and lacing up her cleanest white, yeah, white vo- Dunlop volleys. Your tears will just, they'll go, we'll give you anything. You'll start yeah. crying. They'll go, oh, I'll give you two teams. That's how you get everything done here. I don't want to cry in front of Tracy Gaudry. No, that's good, the, good God, point. the God's honest. So, um, Were your kids impressed this morning or did they just say, where's my school bag? <laughs> yeah, not impressed at not all. Not impressed. No. My husband was mildly impressed. Oh. Mild, like very mildly, I should say. <laughs> like while he was wearing his bad Carlton jumper? Yeah, yes, he was. But he's, he actually was, Alicia. Um, he was wearing the ugly jumper. <laughs> he wears it to bed, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he said... Um, he did that. One of our daughters was, you know, hassling me about something. Can you make connect up plaits on my hair? Connect up plaits are the big thing at the moment. And she said, where are you going? You're just going to work, Mama. And then he said, oh, Mama's going to go and try and get you a team. Oh, I'm crying. Oh, okay. Did she say, but I want a pony? <laughs> <laughs> I want two teams. <laughs> so that's what's happening for me today. And I will um, oh, let you all know no what the experience deal. is no like. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. Um, but let's move on from talking about Hawthorne and talk about the fact that it is multicultural round Yay. this week. Nicole? Yeah, it is multicultural round, a weekend of celebrating diversity and multiculturalism. They've got some great events planned. The Collingwood Adelaide game is going to be called in Mandarin. So listen Yay. in for that. Wow. <laughs> They've got footies that'll be that have welcome stamped on the actual Sharon in six different languages, oh. which is very cool. The bilingual fifty meter arc 
in <sighs> six different languages. And uh, did anyone see the pictures of the Bulldogs? Many cultures, Guernsey. It's actually quite gorgeous. It's beautiful. Oh. So the Bulldogs are all playing a specially designed um, Guernsey for this weekend. There's lots of giveaways. Tickets are being given away. Um, when A few years ago, because my kids went to a bilingual Japanese school, it's a very multicultural community, a lot of Japanese, but also from, you know, a lot of these kids speak three or four languages. They're from so many different cultures. And they gave like basically hundreds and hundreds of tickets to the whole school. It was very cool. So a whole bunch of us, and there were so many kids who'd never been before. So they're doing that again this year. Um, I've heard that they're running out fast, so get in there if you want them. We've got a new uh, multicultural ambassador in Ali Alia from Sydney, and there's a festival at Sydney Olympic Oval starting at noon on Saturday. So there's so much stuff going on. Massive weekend, great message, get into it. Did you see that this week Kevin Sheedy made a suggestion that the first round every year all games should be played overseas? Oh. So he's suggesting that you... Take Best different game? countries each and run round one. Can we go to the Bahamas? Why not? Does it have to be round one? We wait so long that for is round the one. Can silliest be... idea yeah. I have ever heard. Can we have that in Get the buy round? In your box, Kevin Sheedy. Yeah. No, Stop I, it. We need our football <laughs> round one. We're desperate for it by the I'd time that cross, comes. I'd be cross if I had to cross the river to see a game in round one. <laughs> I'm cross that I just had to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting. The new, I think it was a New York Times article this week about the Pride round, but it was like airing our dirty laundry a little Mm. bit. But they listed um, some of the initiatives that the AFL does have in conjunction with the footy. And, you know, I've got to say, like, reading it, I was going... Pretty it's amazing. Right, it's pretty it? amazing. It mm. looks pretty amazing. And I think Multicultural Round is one that is brilliant yeah. and it's so well received. And the mere fact that the AFL do give out so many tickets and get so many first-timers going to games, I think it's brilliant. And Agreed. the thing I loved about that article, which I think we tweeted, but we can tweet it again if we haven't, is that um, it really talked about inclusion so mm. much and um, it just is so nice to have that top of mind. And when people are talking about AFLX or playing games overseas, a lot of that is about growing the market. Mm. Could we just maybe think about the fact that we have a fantastic game, we have a fantastic product, and there are a lot of people who would like to come into this space. Right here in Australia. Right here, right now. And so let's just keep going with with Mm. that and then we can... Great new frontiers. One thing that clubs do really well is have great diversity and inclusion managers, one of whom is Rana Hussein, who's working at Richmond. Nicole and Alicia, you managed to sit down with gorgeous Rana a couple of weeks ago and have a chat to her. Yeah, she was great. Um, She's a product of the Bashahuli Employment Program and is the only female practising Muslim working in an AFL club. Welcome, Rana. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Your early footy experiences, um, do you remember... Much about it and how you got in love with the game, how you fell in love with the game? It's actually very clear for me because I – so I grew up in an Indian household. My parents came out in the early 70s, so it was mostly cricket. Footy was on in the background, but it was kind of just what happened when the cricket wasn't on. So I sort of knew there was this sport and it was a big deal, but it didn't really mean a whole lot. And then I kind of got to my early teens and everyone at school was talking about the hot footy players. (laughs) Um. A friend of mine, you know, Barry for Melvin and I had a, you know, had a quick look at 
Russell Robertson and thought, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very handsome. <laughs> so I thought, okay, let's just barrack for Melbourne then. That's all that meant at that time. And then a friend, that friend took me to a game. Um, it was a Friday night, Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne. And it was just incredible. Like I'd never seen anything so electric, so fast paced, you know, the, just the skill, the leaps. And it was just, I just fell in love straight away. And I thought, and and the crowd was just raucous, you know, people just screaming and shouting. And I came from a very kind of sensible household where you don't scream and shout. And I just thought this is the best. It's a great outlet, isn't it? To really <laughs> let go. Um, as a woman, mm. um, as women ourselves, we've had a fairly complicated relationship with footy. We haven't always felt included mm. or welcome. I can imagine as a Muslim woman, this would be compounded exponentially. Were there many experiences or any moments that you know where you felt acutely aware of that? Yeah, there's been a few, and I think the first one that comes to mind is sorry, you know, from early teens on, I was like addicted to football and just went as much as I could. And I remember a few years ago, actually, started going to the MCC side of the footy, and my first time going there, and someone shook my hand and said, "Welcome to our game," you know. I'm so happy to have you here. And it was a really lovely gesture, but it was so alienating because I wanted to say, well, I've been coming for years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just stood on the other side of the ground. That's <laughs> why so you've never seen me. So that was really strange. It was kind of like that first moment where I thought, okay, people aren't really expecting me to be here and, and are surprised when I say I love AFL. There's been, a, you know, a number of times where someone sat behind me and said something cruel or... Um, you know, walking home from the game in the heat of the moment said, you know, something racially charged and and that's always just kind of like, oh, okay. Even the other day I was wearing my Richmond gear, I was walking around, you know, as fully employed person at a football club and someone said something really terrible and I just thought, are we still doing this? Like, mm. is this really... <laughs> so how do you maintain your relationship with footy if this is going on? Yeah, it's problematic and I sort of I just love the game. So I sort of go, okay, there's, there's issues. Um, and that's kind of what drove me to actually get involved because I thought I love the game, but I need to see some changes. So I can't just sit around and wait for people to make those changes. Maybe I should be just get in there and start shaking things up a little bit. Maybe describe your role and what you do. Yes. So the start of this year, I started working at Richmond Football Club. I'm the fan engagement and marketing coordinator for diversity, which is a lot of words. Um, but basically I look at multicultural communities, women, LGBTQI communities and see how we can be more inclusive and broaden our reach at Richmond and make sure as well that what we put out is diverse and we show our diverse face as well. Is this a, a, a role that's at other clubs as well? It is. It's sort of in varying forms. Subclubs don't even have it. Um, sometimes they're called multicultural officers. It's sort of they're very different. Um, but I believe, you know, this is the first time that a Muslim woman, a scarved woman's actually doing this role, which is sort of weird. Like when I started, I didn't think it was a big deal. I sort mm. of walked in and thought, oh yeah, starting a new job. Like it's, I was excited, but 
being around the club, I realised, oh, actually, this is this hasn't happened before. And for the club, it was a big deal. And then and then photo day when we were all kind of there in the team photo, and I looked around and I just thought, oh wow, yeah, this actually hasn't happened before. There's me and my you know bright yellow scarf representing yellow and black that just hasn't happened before. So I realised it's quite a big deal. And has Richmond been quite embracing? Absolutely. So. They were, they've just been amazing. Giving, they've just kind of said, you know, let's try. Like, what do you want to try? Let's just do it because you know, you know better than we do what what communities need, and you might have an insight that we don't have. So that's been really lovely to kind of come in and say, well, I want to try this. Let's just see how we go. So they've been great. I've got my own little prayer room, um, which is really nice and. Again, seems like something that any employer should provide you, but I don't know, just in, you know, the part, the old part of Punt Road, there's a room that says prayer room. Like it just kind of gave me, gave me shivers. Amazing. Yeah, tingles. So the um, can you tell us a little bit about the Basha Hooli pro- uh, employment program and how you came to hear about it? Yeah, so I before I got this job, I was volunteering at um, AFL as a multicultural ambassador and they announced that, Basically, they did a st- some studies and found that Muslim youth unemployment is quite high, given that we're quite a small part of the community, with two to three percent. Um, but we've got really high unemployment rates, and so the AFL committed to making available ten positions for trainees for young Muslims. Now, at the time that was announced, I didn't really consider myself a young person. <laughs> Um, and I I was already kind of working, I was a school counsellor before that, but footy was my passion, and but just never had the cut through to actually get involved. So I sort of spoke to the AFL and said, look, is there any way I can get involved? And they said, yeah, go talk to Richmond. And Richmond were just were looking for somebody to fill this role and, and really welcoming. I love the ovaries it takes to go, give me a job. <laughs> yeah. I, I just... I just love you guys giving me a job. It was it was such a strange process because it literally was just me walking in saying, I don't know what I can do for you, but I feel like I can do something and I love this game, so just give me a chance. And they <laughs> did. And I hope they don't regret it. I certainly I'm sure don't. they don't. I'm sure they don't. So in terms of multicultural ambassadors, we've got various other diversity programs. What what do you think going forward we need to do? Where are the, the key areas? Um... It's really true. It's so complex. I think ultimately, I mean, the first thing for me is, and I've said this before, and I think a lot of people do, you can't be what you can't see. I just, it never occurred to me that I could work in football, especially growing up, because it just, there weren't women for starters. No. <laughs> there weren't even women, um, let alone women from diverse backgrounds. So, that's what I would love to see change, just the representation across the board, whether it's in the media or what clubs put out, that it's a diverse group of people that own the game. So how do you take that then to fan engagement? What do you do? My first thing is to just be out there. So if there are people – so I I do tours at the club because I think even that is powerful. People want to come to the club and get the history of it and then they see me <laughs> – this little brown face smiling at them and taking them around and, and it straight away changes their perception of what AFL is and what Richmond is. So 
First of all, for me, it's just getting out there, being around fans and being that point of contact for them. Um, but then I also make sure part a lot of our programs are geared towards getting out to other communities and saying to them, look, Richmond, are happy to have you. We want you on board. And that's the nice thing about football. Once you're in the team colours, whoever's a Richmond supporter is they'll back you. Right. Just, oh, yeah. It's, it's blood for life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I feel, you know, as much as I did say this, I've had some terrible experiences, for the most part, I feel quite safe at the football because you're there, people know why you're there, there's a purpose and you've got colours on so they, you know, they've got you back, which is quite nice actually. Oh, I love that as a family. It was really, really great meeting you and we can't wait to see what happens next. Richmond's just been so um, progressive in leading the charge on on issues of diversity and inclusion. So really keen to see where it goes to next. Thank you. I'm hoping it goes to um, a women's application getting approved. Yes, (laughs) so do we. Go Tigs. Go Tigs, exactly. There is no doubt she's going to be a media person at some time. She has not only she's so articulate, uh, just one of the best smiles ever. Doesn't she? Yes. Yes, she's amazing. She's been so gorgeous to us as well. Hey, um, Alicia, do you have any updates on the future of the bounce? (laughs) Well, well, this week AFL.com.au put out an article saying that the bounce is being up for discussion and that the AFL Umpires Association, of course, has voiced its opposition to the bounce this year because of the impact it has on recruitment and retention of umpires. And it said as of Monday that they were meeting last night uh, to talk about it and that also the laws of the game committee will meet today to discuss the issue. So it's it's really hot in the air at the moment. So that's been going since January, this discussion? Do you know, I think too, it's got it's got a bit of traction in that the, the commentators I now notice are naming like the umpires by name saying, oh, don't let him bounce, give it to, you know, mm. like I was listening to this on the weekend. Yes. Um, they were saying get, and I don't remember the name, but, you know, get him back in. He's much better at bouncing than you are and, you know, I've never heard that kind of critique before, but yeah, it's obviously could front the of bounce, mind. Could the actual bounce become like part of the Ninja Warrior Challenge oh. thing or could it be like an Olympic sport? The bounce. Yeah, maybe. Just the bounce. You know, like just the bounce. Like, you know how they always have an exhibition sport when when it, um, the Olympics get <laughs> Alicia just caught on? And we <laughs> just with the third man up rule or not then if you're going to have that sport? I know. <laughs> Don't get me started on third man you up. maybe raise this today when you're at AFL House? Yes, yeah. anything else yeah, as well, of yeah. course. Let I'm, me know. I've got, I've got some notes for you. We do actually have a new segment this week because this week I feel like the players, everyone got a bit unhinged this mm. week. So this segment is called Stupid Watch. <laughs> Mm. And we're working it, on the name. <laughs> I think you'll concur when I bring up processed meat. Yes. What? So, well, Harry Taylor at the end of the game with Geelong and and the Crows shook hands with Josh Jenkins, and I'm going to quote Jenkins here. He said he shook my hands, and when we separated, there was ham in my hand. <laughs> Just oh. probably 25 grams worth from the deli. This is not Ew. a euphemism. I don't no, think it was no. smoked. I wasn't getting too close to it. I was going to throw up. And the backstory to this is that Josh Jenkins had had food poisoning from eating ham and had been quite oh. sick. So oh, I would hilarious. like you to consider two points. Hang on. <laughs> yes. Okay. Maybe more. But the first one. <laughs> first, I'm impressed by anyone who can estimate 
the weight of <laughs> me? processed yeah. meat. I and never know how much to order. No. Every time I go, I'm like, yeah, just yeah, a bit more. Bit more. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm always in awe. Of, I remember mum always being able to say, I'll have 25 grams of blah, blah. And, you know, I've just never Stress. got that skill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Secondly, where did Harry Taylor keep that ham? During the match. This <laughs> was is, it in his sock? I'm fascinated by that. It was in the same place that Sam Mitchell kept those palm cards yes. that he read his speech on after the 2008 grand you final. Mean it was Are they warm ham? Teeny tiny bum bags that we don't know about to carry oh. stuff around. It would or? have had salmonella, there's a no ham doubt. Bag. Yeah. Just a ham bag. <laughs> bum jams. <laughs> And I got it, a handbag. Ninja Warrior. They're not even really. They're not even really friends. Like that's just a weird. But then, did that piece of ham just sit on the field for the rest of the game? Or people like was it in the? Well, no, because he shook hands with him at the end of the game. At the so end then, of the game, so he birds, carried I'm the sure ham. He, just, he carried the ham for the whole game. He must or did have he just had a get ham trainer. Time? There must have been a ham trainer who came out who and passed him, slipped him the ham. Oh, that sounds. I'm just glad that one of them wasn't a vegetarian. It's really just, quite gross. If someone gave me a ham, I'd just cry. Oh, yeah. you would hate being passed you slipped and a ham. <laughs> slipped a sausage. Can we stop saying slipping a ham? <laughs> okay, can we move on to another very, very strange thing that happened this week in sport, which Lucy has yeah. been obsessing over? Well, you know, many years ago, a great question was posed by the great man Gareth Keenan on The Office. <laughs> And he asked the question, will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? (laughs) And this week on Shark Week on Discovery Channel, um, they endeavoured to answer that question by having Michael Phelps swim against a shark. (laughs) What I love about this story is the outrage of people that when the race went ahead, that it wasn't in an Olympic swimming pool with Michael Phelps in one lane and the shark in the next lane. <laughs> an actual shark. It wasn't it an actual him. shark. They used a computer-generated shark yeah. who did a big leap on the finish line. The shark beat him by two seconds. Shark's noses. And, and <laughs> the white pointers. And it was the, ham at the end. And what Michael Phelps said, next time we'll do it in warmer water and uh. I'll get you then. But the outrage of people that <laughs> they didn't get to see the two of them in a pool together. A specially trained lap swimming shark. It, Real shark. Can you imagine the commentary though? It's like, oh, Michael, they jump in and oh, <laughs> Michael's been He's been Michael Phelps. <laughs> well, no, because the shark would have been disqualified if he got out of his lane. <laughs> Which he would do. Was the shark allowed to wear that um, speedo suit? <laughs> like, what were the colour well, the shark, the shark actually did a time trial earlier. So to try and actually, they actually did the shark have to pre-qualify? Yeah, the shark had <laughs> generated sharks. The shark um, had had a really good stint at the pan packs. <laughs> And he was he nude? Was the shark nude? The shark was nude. The shark had shaved down. <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I know. And I'm so sorry because it's not football, but anyway. You can't let it go unnoticed. No. Our kids no, love this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know, so does Lucy. <laughs> okay, so is that Shark Watch wrapped up for wow. another week, yeah, it I is. Suppose? It is. Do we have any other contenders for Stupid, stupid Watch? Watch. Oh. Any other players doing some well, funny we, old things? We've got our two-second uh, Essendon Watch of what, who we'll now call Kale Noogie Hooker. Yes. <laughs> who, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's got this habit now of he likes to rub the head of the man on the mark if he kicks a goal. And, yeah, the poor kid last week, I think it was the second gamer. I think that's a bit much. Not cool. First game and second game. ham. Yeah. Yeah, at least he didn't rub ham into his head. That's a good point. <gasps> but it's, it's like bringing strange. up someone when their team's mm-hmm. lost and saying oh. suffer. You know, do you know, do you know I, I just think you're really opening yourself up because 
the next time Cal misses a goal, surely Noogies 18 players of the other team are coming to noogie yeah. his head. Is that yeah, one of those sure. frontal lobe things, though, where it's not fully developed and they're not thinking about what happens next week? Do you week? think he's been over noogied on the frontal I lobe? I think some nooging going on. Oh, my on, God. Yeah. What about if he misses it and someone just slips him some kale? <laughs> Oh my god! A vegetarian oh. option, an alternative to ham. Yeah, 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 that you could live with, couldn't you, Leash? Okay, this yeah. almost could go into stupid watch, but it's actually homage to um, to Josh Kennedy, who's playing mm. his two hundredth this weekend. And as um, Nicole, I think you just said before, you said it is the worst recruiting decision Hawthorne's ever made to let Josh Kennedy go. And mm. I think you're saying that because of the patri- the, the lineage, right? The lineage and the fact that he's a superstar. Like, mm. I'm I'm sorry, he would have been fine at Hawthorne if they'd found, if they knew what his potential was um, and if they'd stuck with him. He's just, just an incredible player to watch and we we missed out there. It's awesome that he gets to play his 200th against Hawthorne. I do love that. And yeah. I think we should rename this game the one that got away cup. Yes. <laughs> It is actually the Beyond Blue Cup, so I think well, you'll be struggling. Okay. You, we'll you'll get have two to go cups. head to head with Julia Gillard over that because yep. it is actually the yeah, Beyond Blue Cup. Her. Do you reckon? <laughs> no, I don't think I so. I don't think you could either. But we'd love to meet her. She's listening. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything negative about Hawthorne just because I'm about to meet Clarko and that terrifies me. Yeah? Is yeah. that Good sensible? Point. But we love Josh Kennedy. Yeah. That is what, that is the point of this. And how good are the Swans at the moment? They are amazing. I picked them for the grand final. I told you that before we. Oh, you did. I did. Yeah, I thought you were crazy in the first six weeks of the round of the of the um, season. Yeah. Hey, um, we a few people would have noticed that there was some calls for how to sanctum merchandise, which is kind of crazy. But uh, it's available now. If you would like to get a t-shirt, we've got two types. So um, all the men's all and the women's. men's and women's <laughs> one one head hole or six and um, no. men can wear the women's and women can wear the men's exactly you can wear whatever and boobs can fit in there yeah or no boobs whatever um, we've put it all on our socials so if you want to get you know if you want to through the gift stop <laughs> if you want to get that nod you know when you see someone wearing a t shirt yeah. and it says that something that you like or something that you think is funny that you just give the little nod I think that's what we're looking for Available. so for a very short time though. Yeah, that's right. Hey, um, before we wrap up today, I just wanted to give a shout out. Also, not a footy story, but Jared Lyle is um, a golfer that I have long admired and watched and he's going in to um, take on leukaemia for the third time. And um, this comes in a week where um, we lost a really special person who was a proud hawker. Her name was Shelley Whitehurst and we got to enjoy a few games with her. We lost them all. <laughs> Actually, we <laughs> never watched a winning game with Shelley. Um, but she had been an amazing advocate for people who were um, struggling and families that are affected by cancer. And she left us this week and we are so sad that she's gone and we wanted to dedicate the pod to her today and just say we hope that when you get there Shelley that at the big gates or whatever it is at the end of the race that there's going to be some brown and yellow confetti for you and um, we loved having you as part of our Hawk crew. That's it for the Outer Sanctum this week. We're going to compose ourselves and we will speak to you next week. Go footy.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 